Welcome to Talking Facts, and thank you for tuning in to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts, a podcast collaboration between the University of Kentucky Markey Cancer Center and the UK College of Agriculture, Food and Environment's Cooperative Extension Service. We will share with you the latest developments in cancer prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and research from the experts at Markey Cancer Center, Kentucky's only National Cancer Institute designated cancer center. Talking Facts is hosted by the UK Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to have joining me Dr. Michael Kavnar, an Assistant Professor of Surgery and a Surgical Oncologist with the UK Marquee Cancer Center. Welcome, Dr. Kavanaugh. Thanks for having me. So as many of our listeners know, we have done a a series that we call Cancer Conversations and have talked about many different types of cancer. And today we're going to focus on pancreatic cancer. And I just wanted to start today with really just kind of the basics of what actually is pancreatic cancer. So the pancreas is a um, an organ that sits in the middle of the abdomen, and it has a, a number of different important functions. One of those functions is that it produces digestive enzymes that help digest food. And another important function many people will be familiar with is it produces insulin to help control the blood sugar. There's a few other hormonal uh, functions that are not as relevant to this discussion. Pancreatic cancer is when people form a cancer that usually arises from the duct which is the tube that comes out of the pancreas and where those digestive juices come out of. And you can form a pancreatic cancer anywhere within the pancreas. So I feel often just when the general you know person hears about cancer and thinks about cancer that lung cancer is really common. We seem to get a lot of education and information about that. And breast cancer, we get a lot of education and information about that. And there's a lot of communication, but maybe not as much about pancreatic cancer. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, prevalence rates? Yeah. So pancreatic cancer is actually the fourth most common cancer in both men and women. There's about 50,000 cases a year, just over 50,000 cases a year in 2018. And what about risk factors? There are a variety of risk factors for pancreatic cancer, none of which are a sort of smoking gun that is a one-to-one correlation with that risk factor in pancreatic cancer. And these, some of these are the typical cancer risk factors such as smoking, um, obesity. There's a bunch of low-level associations with things like high, high red meat consumption, low vitamin D, even periodontal disease or gum disease. There's an interesting relationship between diabetes and pancreatic cancer. So long-term diabetes can be a risk factor factor for pancreatic cancer. Um, Also, new development of diabetes can be a symptom of pancreatic cancer, especially in people who are um, thin or elderly. So you mentioned symptoms. What would be general symptoms that someone may experience with pancreatic cancer? The symptoms can be vague, and they often include abdominal discomfort of any variety. Um, Could be mild, just discomfort. Could be uh, a burning pain, um, pain that goes from the middle of the abdomen through to the back, um, nausea, vomiting, and those are all pretty 
nonspecific things, and those can be associated with many different uh, symptoms. Uh, one of the important ones that comes up is is jaundice, which is where the eyes get become yellow and the whole body gets yellow. That may be associated with itching, severe itching all over the body. And that is a little bit more specific to pancreatic cancer that forms in the head of the pancreas. And how is an individual screened for pancreatic cancer? Are there such things as early detection or early screenings? So there's generally not a uh, scheduled or planned screening uh, the way that people get colonoscopies for colon cancer or mammograms for, uh, for breast cancer detection and now even lung cancer screening for smokers. And that's because the pancreas is a very different type of organ. The role of screening is really only developed for people who are at a very high risk for pancreatic cancer, and those are people that have a very strong family history of pancreatic cancer. And there's a few sort of rare mutations that people can have that are very highly associated with pancreatic cancer. And essentially, the guidelines would say those people should be screened, uh, but they're pretty vague guidelines. They don't say necessarily how often or how to handle indeterminate findings, whereas like they see a little something in the pancreas. Do you remove it? Do you biopsy it? So I think to answer your question overall is that the role of screening is fairly limited for the average person in pancreatic cancer. What does a screening look like? What does that consist of? So it would usually be some type of imaging, and that could be either a CT scan uh, with contrast or an MRI with contrast or um, another thing called an endoscopic ultrasound, which is a, a procedure done by a gastroenterologist. And so if someone is experiencing some of those symptoms that you mentioned earlier, and, and as you said, because as you were rattling them off, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, that could be almost anything. What should be their next step? What should someone do? Well, as you said, those are those are often common symptoms, and those could range anything from food poisoning to um, you know a variety of conditions like an ulcer. And so, I think the first step is that the patient should go see their primary doctor, and they should be evaluated. And you know, physical they should examine the patient, physical exam, obviously noting any signs of jaundice, and particularly if the patient has, thinks that they've become yellow. One important point about that is the patient themselves often does not notice it. It's usually the family members that notices because it happens slowly over time. But, uh, you know, going into their physician for an evaluation and, and routine blood work will pick up things like elevated liver enzymes, which may be a hint of this. Uh, also, an evaluation of the blood sugar. So, as I mentioned, diabetes um, or new onset worsening of blood sugar control can be a sign of developing pancreatic cancer. Now, in most people who develop diabetes, it's not. But, it's something that it's important that uh, physicians are aware of, too, is that if a patient has newly worsening diabetes, that's something to think about. So if an individual visits their family physician and they are referred for additional specialty care and diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, what would potential treatment options be for that individual? So the, the treatment is highly variable from patient to patient. And the, the, one of the most important things in, in care of pancreatic cancer is going to a center that has a lot of experience. It's not just a surgeon. You need a radiologist who's, who's very experienced in this, a gastroenterologist or GI doctor, a medical oncologist, radiation oncologist, nursing, social work. It's all of that falls under the umbrella of multidisciplinary care and these patients are, are, are complicated, and it high, the, the treatment pathway varies highly from patient to patient. So it's really important to go seek care at a specialized center for this. And can you uh, share with us a little bit about how aggressive is pancreatic cancer? 
pancreatic cancer um, is actually one of the most aggressive forms of cancer that uh, we, we take care of. And so, and, and maybe this might be different for different people, but if someone had stage one pancreatic cancer, how quickly might it progress over time? So if they were diagnosed newly with a, a pancreas mass and let's say they had an operation to remove it, you know, typically people, even with stage one pancreatic cancer, receive chemotherapy and it would the outcome would depend on what chemotherapy and treatments they have. But you know, on average, even even early stage pancreatic cancers, like a stage one pancreatic cancer, uh, only about forty percent of people are alive at five years. So you can imagine the remainder of those patients have some form of progression, and in some patients that happen several years later, but in others that can happen even within months of surgery. I appreciate you being here with us today and sharing additional information with us about pancreatic cancer because, again, I think that it's important for our listeners that the more that we can have these conversations, encourage conversations with family physicians, and we talk often about those needing to be open and honest conversations of truly communicating about your symptoms, that the more likelihood that it is to, I guess, be diagnosed and and find potential treatment options. Thank you so much for being here today. And just to remind our listeners as part of the show notes that we'll have a complete transcription of today's conversation, as well as a link to the Marquee Cancer Center if you're looking for additional information. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. Our goal is to connect you with the latest advances in cancer research in the Commonwealth. If you enjoyed today's podcast and have a suggestion for a future show topic, please message us on the UK Markey Cancer Center Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash UK Markey or visit our website at markey.uky.edu for more information. You can find University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension programs at your local Extension office or online at fcs.uky.edu. Building strong families, Building Kentucky. It starts with us.